Leadheads and the Leadhead Brigade, welcome back to another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Lefty, and uh, this is episode 353. If you didn't get a chance, make sure you go back to last week's episode where we had our good buddy Jared Seagraves with 212 Training Group, and he was giving some knowledge bombs on how to get the most from your training how to be a good student. If you're going to drop the, the coinage to get trained, you want to make sure that uh, you maximize that investment because it is an investment. So go check that out. We also made the announcement that we're going to be giving away a, a flashlight that was designed by Travis Haley uh, through Surefire. Uh, and we're going to give that away uh, in between this show and the next episode. We're going to do a live announcement of the winner you got to go back to the last episode to find out what you got to do to enter. Uh, I don't, I don't spoon feed my people here, Mike. You know that I make them work for our, our prizes that that we give. <laughs> so uh, go back, listen to that, get an opportunity. It's like a hundred and eighty dollar flashlight. I mean, it's it's a nice piece of kit that you're definitely going to want to have, and uh, we want to make sure all you leadheads get an opportunity to take part in that. So joining me this week, with all the the shenanigans and uh, chaos that's in our society nowadays, I mean, people are just, I mean, mentally drained and stressed, and uh, I thought, what better opportunity to talk about this, this subject uh, than now? And it's been a while since we've had him on the show, and there's been a lot happened in his life since the last time he was on the show. Jeez, I can't even, it's been over a year, I think, since, since you were on last. It's uh, our good buddy, Michael Sodini, with Walk the Talk America. Welcome in, Michael. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I, I'm and I'm not going to call you Michael, I'm going to call you Mike, dude. That's what I always call you. <laughs> I was supposed to give it to you at SHOT Show, and I had to leave early because I went to California for a... I know. Um, yeah, I thought I would see you at NRA for sure, and then... I know, everybody whole- was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just do it at NRA, and then boom... <laughs> The world blows yep. up, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we've got a lot to catch up with you on, so we're, we're going to do that. And then also joining us, and it's probably been even longer. Well, I don't know. You you, you were on during our uh, our hunting recap, weren't you? From the No, right before that. Probably uh, about two months before you went on that hunt. Okay. All right. So we went on a Sheepdog Impact Assistance uh, hog hunt with uh, Bill Doe and and some other awesome vets, and we did a little recap of that hunt. You were uh, yeah, you had to go uh, out of country. I think um, you were called out or something for some emergency or something. Yeah, I remember being on the road and heading to the airport. But yeah, I remember. But another uh, longtime friend of the show and lead head, Sergeant Major Lance Nutt, retired. Are you retired, or did you sign back up? No, I'm 30 years retired. Attaboy. They wouldn't let me serve any longer. Oh, they wouldn't even let you, huh? Well, it's impossible for Marines. So, Bastards. thirty year enlisted, <laughs> you uh, you max out at thirty years, and you can't serve past that. Well, that's a long time. I'm sure you would have upped up again if if they'd have let you. No doubt. Absolutely. But that and both of you, I mean, we've got you know that gives you more time for your organizations. Uh, Lance with Sheepdog Impact Assistance, and Mike, you know, with the Walk the Talk America, and both of you have, since your retirements from your previous careers, have really launched these two organizations to the next level. 
So we want to we want to talk about that and get our listeners caught up on what all's going on with you guys. But first, we got to thank our sponsors. <laughs> so let's thank Caltech Weapons. Uh, we've got that big giveaway coming up with Caltech Mission First Tactical Buck Knives and Fioki Ammo, and we're going to kick that off next episode. So we're giving away a Caltech CP33. 22 pistol their competition pistol mission first tactical has made a custom holster for that they're also going to be giving away a custom talking lead dump tray buck knives has put up one of their 75th anniversary 119 fixed blade knives and lance is uh eyeing that he's thinking about that knife right there and fioki's <laughs> going to put up uh, a bunch of ammo you get a certificate for some ammo 22 ammo to go with that gun and uh, that's going to be kicked off for our Independence Day celebration, which is going to be next week. Fourth of July, baby. So stay tuned. We'll give you all the details on what you're going to need to do to enter that contest to win. Uh, but all those people that are involved with that, sponsors of the show, Mission First Tactical, Buck Knives, Fioki, Keltec, make sure you go show them some love. And, uh, of course, Modern Spartan Systems for all your firearm cleaning needs. Go to modernspartansystems.com and use that code TLCP15, and you're going to get 15% off, and they're going to donate an additional 15% to Camp Patriot, which is another great uh, veteran organization set up to, uh, to uh, keep our veterans active and off the couch like Sheepdog Impact Assistance does. Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us. Whether we're bow hunting in the backcountry or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltec's 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time, on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The Keltec P-17. It's more bang for less buck. So, guys... Let's take care of some jack wagons, and then we're going to get caught up with everything that the SDIA and WTTA, like all these acronyms, have been up to. <laughs> Gunny, bring that train in. Hey, Ralph, simplified do or die, hold them high at eight and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, the train has stationed, and uh, we're going to do some jack wagons, and I don't want to do a lot of jack wagons. But I want to start off with a listener jack wagon first, and then we'll go to our guest and see if they've got anybody they want to throw on the, uh, the jack wagon train. So Juan J. Restrepo sends this one in. says, as always, I love the show. Would like to nominate for the jack wagon train Chief Justice John Roberts. With four justices openly stating they would like to grant Certification on a Second Amendment case, the only logical reason why they refused to grant certification on 10 cases is the fact that C.J. Roberts has been moving left for the last couple of years. 
So uh, on the basis of uh, CJ, we were given Obamacare, DACA, and a host of other liberal agenda items. So Juan wants to throw CJ Roberts on, and it sounds like he's got a good argument there. Can't argue with that. So John Roberts, welcome to the Talking Lead Jackwagon Train. So what about you guys? You got any jackwagons? Hey, they uh, Everyone that wants to defund the police, right? So <laughs> let's just take that whole load of jackasses and put them on the jack wagon train. So yep. can't get any more direct than that. We had a little discussion about that last episode. I don't think we could talk about it enough. I think that's one of the most boneheaded, intended, I mean, harmful things that people can do to our society. And it's not the fact that they need to be defunded. They just need to be better trained, better vetted. I, well, let me yeah, that, share that costs, with you that. That costs money. <laughs> it does. And let me share with you that when the Marine Corps started to struggle with, with a lot of problem children in the Corps, we took a look at what we were doing when it came to recruiting. We were granting more waivers. We weren't requiring everyone to have a high school diploma. We allowed people that actually had a criminal record in. What did we do? We raised our standards. We quit granting waivers. You had to have a high school diploma. And you couldn't have a criminal record. And guess what the Marine Corps did? The Marine Corps Thrived. increased in quality with fewer problems and a higher quality of Marine, correct? So we spent more money training and making sure that we had the best possible young men and women, damn good Americans serving in the military. Absolutely. So same thing for law enforcement. You got to spend money to train and recruit yeah. high quality individuals so that we get rid of these jack wagons that put their knees on people's throats and don't know how to stop when they're supposed to, right? So. Right, absolutely. You know, it's, it, it raised the standards and raised the funding on the training and their, you know, the equipment that they have, definitely. So how long did that take a period of time for the Marine Corps to start seeing the results of that? You know, unfortunately it was probably eight to 10 years, yeah. right? Uh, you know, we had to start funneling those people out and recruiting new people in. But, I mean, it's not an easy process, but it can be done. The Army's struggling with it big time now because they've lowered their standards mm -hmm. uh, and they're dealing with a lot of issues internally because of that. So, uh, you know, I, I say the Marine Corps learned its lesson. Point. God forbid they change it. But uh, the same issue in law enforcement. We're paying. You, you lower your standards. You lower your pay. Um all of that's going to have more negative impacts on law enforcement to where the point all you're going to have is a law enforcement run by a bunch of thugs who you allowed to come in and be part of your law enforcement uh so i yeah we could that's a whole segment we could spend another two hours talking about that's just yeah well you defund them you disband them and then there's not any and then what happens you know i've said this then you got martial law right then the marine civilization <laughs> is based on law and order yeah Without right. law and order, Chad. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Seattle. Like, this is a Lord of the Flies experiment, a real life working Lord of the Flies experiment. And there have been deaths now because of the way things are run there. You know, so. Yeah, I just feel like this whole COVID, the uh, riots and the protests has been one big social experiment. Yeah. It feels like it, right? It does. It really does. Like, uh, we were with Jim Carrey where there was a reality show that he didn't know he was on. Truman, and, yeah. 
Yeah, Truman Show, a giant Truman Show sometimes. Yeah, I feel like we've got, you know, eyes in the sky that are just watching everything, taking notes. It's like, okay, if we do this, then this happens, and it's ridiculous. All right, Mike, what about you? What, uh, who's your jack wagons? I'm, I'm going to go with the people of Chaz. It's <laughs> 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 a good segue right into that. Um, a couple things that I've noticed uh, in the last week, because I try to follow it, and I do see the – look, I get it. There's some – people in there that are trying to make this utopian society and they probably mean well, but the, the, the fact of the matter is the wolves will come. Right. And, and the problems will, we're tribal by nature. So they're going to start making their own tribes in Chaz. If you just let them keep going, just like they did in the Lord of the flies. Mm -hmm. uh, but to make that statement, right. To, to go out there and say, okay, we're going to take over this block and then do everything that you're against borders, walls armed arming with ar-15s like it, it, it's idiocracy at its finest to me um and i don't care what you I, even if you want some serious reform of the police and i understand that this is not the answer this is not the way and so for those of us um listening that may not know tell them what's going on with Chaz in seattle there this is basically like a six-block radius where all the businesses and homes inside of this area uh, were taken over by a group of Antifa people. Uh, um, and there's other, there's probably other people in there too, just protesters or people who want change or, mm -hmm. or people who are uh, radicals or, you know, revolutionaries. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, Yeah, Marxists. I don't want to pin it on just one group, but they have taken over this area and – that's fine and dandy when everybody has like a cause right in the very beginning it seems to be a beautiful thing like we're going to take our own place and have our own rules and um you know everyone's going to trade there's going to be no money no currency <laughs> uh it starts off fine when everyone's on the same page but as the days go and more people are let in and then people start living real life uh you kind of move towards different sections, different factions, people fight, people get angry, people are frustrated. It goes right back to why we need law and order. <laughs> and then we're back at, you know, square one. And one of the things that really bothered me the other day was a 19-year-old uh, a kid died. Um, he was shot. But when the first responders went to try to go inside the perimeter, um, they were met with people shooting at them and, and basically turning them away. Um, and then you had your your ambulance there and they were asking uh the emts to go in there and they're like look you you chased away the police we can't it, it's our policy we don't go into uh you know crime scenes without having the police there um so of course the person's painting them like they're the villain right like mm -hmm. you're gonna let and die and they're like no we can't go in there you won't let us in right. and the right mind would go in Right, without having somebody there to protect you from who knows what, so this kid ended up dying, you know, and that was the whole point of this whole revolution, right? Is because a man died that shouldn't have died, mm -hmm. and now we're losing lives because of what, you know, a 19-year-old kid dies of a gunshot wound in there. God only knows what he got in a fight about in there, right. but now there's nobody to take care of these people, and and now we're going backwards as a society. So Chas can get on the jack wagon, and everybody else that's letting it continue. You know. So, uh, Lance, what do you see happening with Chaz from a, um, I guess, a military standpoint? Uh, 
you know, and there, that's a, a different conversation too, right? On, on what point do you bring in the military uh, when people are so anti-law enforcement? And then we've already seen a sampling of that in like D.C. when the military is used to quell rioting, which they, they are by our constitution are allowed to be used for that. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a fine line of turning Americans against your military when they're being used as a law enforcement entity. Right. And that's not where we're designed for it's, I used to tell my Marines and stress with them that, you know, we exist for two things and two things only to break things and kill people for our country. So we go break the stuff and kill the people that are our enemy uh, so that we can keep our country safe. So it's um, it's hard for me to sit and go, yeah, let's just throw the military in there because that's not what they're trained for. They're not trained to be law enforcement. They're trained to crack heads. And if you throw the military in there, then that's what's going to happen. And that's not what we want. Right. We don't want U.S. military men and women knocking heads of American citizens. And so um, I think it ultimately comes down to the politicians and the people of the state of Washington. I mean, if you're going to allow elected officials to get away with this, then you need to think about who it is you're electing and who you're putting in office. And unfortunately, uh, if you have to suffer based on the consequences of your choices in choosing Democrats liberals who believe that it's okay to allow a bunch of whack jobs go in and take over city blocks and stand up their quote-unquote own nation then you reap what you sow and the people of seattle right now are reaping what they sow by electing the type of people who would continue to allow this to take place so the death well of that said. young man mike is talking about lies with the officials and then the people who elected those officials that have created this mess. Absolutely. You know, and that's where it starts. It starts at your local, you know, your local elections. That's where it all yep. starts. Very good. Anything else you want to say about Chaz, Mike? <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Just it's a, it's stop please it. Stop. <laughs> yeah, stop before Lance shows up. Take the walls down. <laughs> I mean, they've yeah, been putting walls up there, you know. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I just hate that it's come to this. I, 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 it's, I mean, I don't want to make this show depressing and talk about everything. Oh, we're going to get upbeat here in just a second. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where this is all just more trauma and crisis that's going to continue. Uh, you know, we were kind of talking about this before the show. Um, and people are just going to have to either figure out how they're going to deal with this stuff because the fallout is. Well, do you it, think the, you think the uh, government, um, local, federal whatever they're just waiting for these people just to tire out you think they're just gonna eventually these people are just gonna give up and go home and you know do you think that's what there is on their minds or yeah i mean i think i think there might be a lot of people that are stepping back and going you know we could go in there right now while the tension's high around the country and and really kind of knock some heads around mm -hmm. and probably more problems and create more rioting but why don't we just sit back uh a police officer once told me uh I was talking to him about my ex-wife and her, her mental health problems because we were trying to get her help. Mm. And what do you do when someone or a group of people don't want help, right? What do you do? You can't force people to get help. Like I couldn't kidnap my ex-wife and right. force her to get help. 
if she wanted to blow it all, she could blow it all. She's an adult. And he said, sometimes you have to sit back and watch the fireworks. Yeah. You just have stuck. to watch it burn down. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. It's not the way you have to. But sometimes you have to remove yourself from the situation, step back, and watch the show. Yeah. So. All right. So let's do mine. I'm throwing uh, Costco and similar type uh, businesses on the jack wagon train because they've stopped selling sheet cakes. I mean, how are people supposed to have parties if they're not selling the sheet cakes? I mean, come on. Is this something that they're doing to prevent people to want to get together in groups and, and celebrate and party? Or is this because people aren't doing it and it's a, it's a monetary thing? You know, it's just, you know, the profit's not there for them to do it. I think the latter probably, you know, because ultimately they're in it to make a buck. So, but yeah, you can't get sheet cakes at Costco anymore. They only do the little round cakes. That's all they're selling now. So if you got a birthday coming up, you got, you know, buy two or three of those. You could apply that concept to probably a lot of things they sell though. Do right? I think so? Because they sell in bulk, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just went to their counterpart today. It was at Sam's and um, uh, just stocked up on meat because you know, it's been in short supply everywhere. And they had they didn't have a limit on what you could get or anything. So I just went hog wild, and, you know, and I dropped like two or three hundred bucks on steaks and pork chops and you know stuff like that. But they didn't have the sheet cakes there either. I was a little disappointed. I mean, what are people gonna do for birthdays? I mean, you can only have you know five six people at your birthday party now. Cupcakes. Cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> that that has been the norm lately. I've seen a lot. I've been to a lot of parties that where they just done the cupcakes instead of the yeah the cakes. Uh, it's actually a cake plate covered in cupcakes, and in you cupcakes. basically you can do a vanilla cupcake or a chocolate cupcake or a strawberry cupcake. Right, it opens up to having more choices. There you go, and you can get a little bit of each that way. Heck That's yeah, right. I like that idea, Lance. That's awesome. Great idea. So that that's my jack wagon. Uh, I don't want to spend any more time on jack wagons. Uh, like I said, I want to get it upbeat. I want some good news here. So uh, some good news that's happened here recently. The Senate passes the Great American Outdoors Act. Uh, so this comes from firearmsnews.com. While it often seems federal legislative system is so broken that nothing good can come out of it, occasionally a ray of hope appears on the horizon. Such was the case last week when in the middle of the pandemic and widespread unrest and rioting, the U.S. Senate passed the Great American Outdoors Act. The truly bipartisan piece of legislation shepherded through the Senate by Senators Cory Gardner of Colorado, Steve Daines, uh, he's a Republican in Montana, Joe Manchin is a Democrat West Virginia, It'll provide $2.8 billion to much-needed maintenance, improvements, and conservation effort, efforts at America's national parks. So, very good. Um, it goes on and talks about um, more details about that. What do, you, what, what do you got to say about that, Lance? <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I think it's... Well, yeah, I... I we're talking about frustration with everything we're talking about today. At, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm limited on that one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let Mike take the lead on that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't want to touch that one. <laughs> I mean, Marty, what do you think? I I think it's a good thing that they're putting money into our national parks. 
and and wanting to improve them and make them better. Uh, it also it also goes to help maintain access to public land, specifically those in line with hunting, fishing, recreational shooting, and other outdoor outdoor activities. So that's how it kind of ties into to our industry. Now I don't yeah, know the, I, the exact specifics on it. Our yeah, industry I, has been doing that for a, for a while, though. I mean, with the TTB and everything like that, the, the excise tax that you paid that that goes to. Well, I'm assuming what that's where this money's coming from. This 2.8 yeah. billion is coming from the firearms industry. That tax that they've been taxing on. You know, we had, and I think you probably you you knew Frank DeSoma, right, Mike? Yeah. With uh, uh, Patriot Arms. Yeah, yeah. Patriot yeah. Ordnance Firearms. He just recently passed away. Oh. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, you know, and he was very vocal on that tax because it was supposedly supposed to be going to uh, fund, you know, our parks and the fishing and the hunting and the shooting, recreational shooting activities and, and whatnot. Right. So you know the uh, the the mental health this mental health flyer. You're familiar with that, right? The one that um, we put in all bursas and high points and arms core. Yeah, just tell so, what you're holding up right there so our listeners can know what you're Oh, doing. it's a, it's a flyer. It's a mental health flyer that uh, that Walk the Talk has that leads to free and anonymous mental health screenings. So, the idea is you buy the firearm, you get the card, it, it, you can go to our website, you can take a free and anonymous mental health screening. There's like 13 different ones. There's one for PTSD. It's just it, it's to get you thinking about it. Um, even if you don't have a firearm you can go there right like it's just a thing that you can check out if you want to kind of do a little mental health checkup without talking to somebody else or going to see somebody um, but it, but what's really cool is like i have all these manufacturers that put that in the box right so you have bursa you have high point you have arms core well arms core uh took the initiative because most people just advertise something on the back of the card right like they advertise their website and stuff like that which is perfectly fine right uh but arms core took it a step further and actually addresses that issue and says that our ammunition, a portion of our ammunition, goes to help with that, right? right. Maintain wildlife parks and everything like that. So, uh, you know, what you just said about Frank, like it resonates because, you know, I think that the firearms industry itself, we do so many good things, we just don't talk about it. Yeah, we got to be more vocal about it. We we talk about it within our echo chamber, but that's that's one of the reasons why I love walking. We talk just naturally assume that everybody knows that the firearms no, industry has uh, been taxed for. And nobody does, yeah. right? Like, I, I think there's a lot of people in our industry that don't know that and are pleasantly surprised, yeah. right? <laughs> so I, we take it for granted because, like, the three of us on this 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 podcast here, like, there are certain things that we know that we just don't think, oh, I got to go rub this in somebody's face. Or we're just like, yeah, that, that's what it is. But you got to well, remember. You know that? Yeah. Hey, come on. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of people are like, I had no clue. And that's what I mean. Beat your chest. Like, really be proud of the things that we do, you know, so you can t say to the rest of the world, well, this is what we do. What do you do? Like, you're complaining about it. Mm -hmm. You know. Anyways, that's my soapbox. Go. <laughs> well, and, you know, to that point, Marty, I think the reason I'm so hesitant to say anything about one, when we say, you know, we're going to increase taxes or we're going to take taxes and do X with it or we're going to establish new rules and laws and I mean, it, it, it's almost this redundancy of, well, aren't there already 10 other bills that address that in some form or fashion, mm -hmm. right? Or at least are supposed to. Right. And it, it's become that point, again, where you can get into this conversation about politicians all day long, where uh, one, they got to get, they got to focus on getting reelected constantly, right? So again, we mm -hmm. need term limits, which is a whole nother conversation. But the second is they got to stay busy. 
So they're constantly coming up with something new that they've got to reinvent the wheel, so to speak, to justify their existence as a politician. So I I take everything that I hear now coming out of Washington with a grain of salt from the standpoint on whether it's genuine, whether it's needed, uh, and is it the best possible use for my tax dollars? Right. And I get that. You know, I get that. And the, 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 now the way it sounds, Marty, it sounds yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Also, on the Marty, on the face the of it, ever. on the right. face of it, it's it sounds like hey, this is pretty good stuff. But yeah. again, I don't know the full details. But here's a quote from the National Shooting Sports Foundation uh, vice president: "says This is a monumental achievement that demonstrates a continued legacy of bipartisanship on wildlife, public lands, and outdoor recreation areas." Uh, Lawrence G. Keene, Senior Vice President and General Counsel for the NSSF. When enacted, this legislation will fulfill a promise to future generations that conservation, access to public lands, and outdoor recreation, including hunting and recreational shooting, will be safeguarded well into the next century. So, you know, and again, you know, I, I fund the NSSF, I fund NRA, and, you know, when... NRA is behind something. I'm a little skeptical, but when NSSF is behind something, sure. I, you know, I feel that they're a little more credible than than NRA on on backing something like that. So when I see that too, that makes me feel a little bit better about this um, this this bill that's that's gone through legislation. But obviously, you know, I want to do more that's research on it. Yeah, yeah, but that is good to hear. You just added something that I wasn't aware of, and yeah, the people that need to be in the know if they're speaking up and saying this is a good thing then I would probably say, okay, I'm going to trust them until I can't trust them. Yeah. And well, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that this is probably a good thing, but I'm still going to re research more into it because I'm not just going to take that dude's word for it. Absolutely. Again, you know, you got to critically think for yourself, get all the information for yourself, gather it, and then make your own, your your own opinion. So. Amen. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, and, and Lance, I want to see if you go through this, like when you, when you, Stop doing what you do with your job, right? Like you were in the core. Uh, obviously, I ran a distribution, uh, you know, an importer. Um, and then I devoted my life to helping people, right? Like that's really what we do. Whether it's a, a just a particular group of people we help or, you know, what, when you do stuff, when you actually – like there's no getting rich in this. Like there's no becoming a rock star by helping people. Like there's no like unless you have a really poor moral compass like and, and <laughs> what, like the NRA did and spend money on suits and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. Yeah, you become laser focused on the good you do. And it almost makes you I don't want to arrogance is not the right word. But it's like when people tell me like I do good, I'm always like, OK, well, what do you do? Right. Is that do you just sit there and, you know, do social media posts? Like, is that your activism that you think you're doing something or are you going to answer me by saying, well, I go down to soup kitchens, man, and I pass out food to homeless people. Right. And which is something I can totally respect. But I, 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 I feel like a lot of people are talking points and that's how I feel sometimes about bills and stuff like that. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, well, so I can, I see the, the skepticism when, when you hear something, cause you're like, look, everything I do, I know I do for the good of other people. Right. Like I do it to save lives. And, and, and essentially, like, both of us are out there trying to save lives uh, and make Earth better. Right. Uh, but 
it kind of gets to this thing where you start listening to other people, you see these other organizations and they're like, Oh, all they all they really care about is money. You know what I mean? Like that's all they really care about. Like they, they say these really cool things and they say they're going to do this or they say they care. But in the end, like they, if they put the effort they put into chasing money into what they're actually doing, it would be a totally different story. Once again, another soapbox that I've decided to jump on. <laughs> but, this but is like, a soapbox episode. I'm going to put that in the I, title. I feel the same way, though. I feel the same way when I hear things. I'm always so like, yeah. Soapbox. <laughs> if it works out, it works out. If it's great and it helps people, that's great. But it's like when you're focused on what you do, you know, I don't have time to, to like, everyone's always like, how can I be involved? Well, okay, just ride with me. Come on, jump in. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you want to do? It, it, it's a weird thing that's it's changed for me since I've started to do this and made this my life. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure Lance well, can relate to that. Well, it's, uh, you know, it, it's something I've had to deal with since day one when we founded this organization 10 years ago. And we're, you know, we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year. And nice. the thing I've said since day one is one, I'm a mission guy, right? I don't, I don't care about all the side drama and the fluff. I'm mission, 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 mission driven. And I've always said, if you just focus on the mission and you do your best at that mission and people see that one, it's a good mission and that you're changing lives and you're making a difference, the money will come. The money will be there to support that. Now, there's, there's some truth in that because we as an organization have existed for 10 years based on that as the 90% push behind everything we do. I keep saying, you just focus on the mission. People are going to see that we're doing good stuff and they're going to be willing to give. Well, I think there comes a tipping point and we've been at it now for about the last two years where we we have fine-tuned our mission to the point where we're truly making a difference. We see it, other people see it, and the men and women whose lives we're impacting are coming to us and saying, you saved my life, literally. Okay, and that's when you go, okay, we're finally, we've got this, we're doing it right. But then you have people that come to you and go, you're doing good stuff. You're helping hundreds and hundreds of our nation's finest. Now, if you'll take some of that energy and put it into fundraising and raising the money you need to help thousands of your brothers and sisters, think of the difference you're going to make. So my point is just that we've grown to this point where we can continue to help hundreds or we can start helping thousands by scaling up our mission so that we can do more good for more of the men and women that deserve it. So there's that fine point now where I personally, as a founder, have got to shift a little bit of my mission effort into fundraising effort because now I'm also facing people going, oh, so now you're really focused on money. So it's all about money for you. And no, it's all about mission and my mission being 10 times more successful when I can go out there and convince people to take a closer look at what we're doing so they can give and we can help more people through what we do. Right. So absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, right? Because I don't care about money. So I care about saving lives, but I got to have money to save lives. Right. So, let's do this. Um, 
uh, let's go ahead and for our new listeners, Lance, and I, you know, our our longtime listeners know who Sheepdog Impact Assistance is, who you are, what you do. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of our listeners that uh, donate and take part and and support you guys. But for our new listeners, just uh, you know, highlight you know who you are and what you do, real quick. You bet, Sheepdog Impact Assistance. We were founded in 2010 as a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, the foundation of what we do was based on disaster response. Uh, it came from my initial trauma in the Marine Corps and appreciating that when the Marine Corps comes to an end, what's going to be there to catch me? I couldn't find what I was looking for that matched my personality, so I started an organization that gave men and women like myself, society's protectors, uh, men and women that that need the ability to serve, to give their life purpose and meaning, right? So through disaster response, we found that. Uh, The challenge being though, that you cannot plan a disaster. And we found ourselves sitting around a lot of times wishing for bad things to happen so we'd have a purpose, right? We were hoping a tornado or a hurricane would pop up so that we could go help people through our disaster relief efforts. Through that, came its own sort of trauma and depression. And we realized that what's the whole purpose behind this? It's the idea of camaraderie. And it's the idea of giving us purpose and a reason to get off the couch to live our best lives. So that's how we started our outdoor adventure program, which is now 80% of our overall mission, where the entire organization is focused on as a national organization with almost 30 chapters and teams nationwide Uh, close to 50,000 members, volunteers, and supporters across the country where we focus on getting veterans and first responders who have experienced trauma in their line of duty up off the couch, re-educated on how to live their best lives, how to struggle well, and how to appreciate that their best lives are not behind them. Their best lives are ahead of them. And we reinforce that through encouraging volunteerism, making sure that you get around men and women that understand you, comrades in arms, and that you take the time to sharpen your axe. When we say that, it's that axe that helps you chop through life. You got to sit down and sharpen that axe every once in a while. You got to sharpen yourself. And through our outdoor adventure programs, we teach our fellow veterans and first responders that life for them needs to be what's ahead, not what's behind. And so through us as an organization, the focus is just that, getting them off the couch, helping them to appreciate that they can use their trauma to launch them into what we refer to as from PTSD to PTG. From post-traumatic stress can come post-traumatic growth. Through that, you can live your best life. And so that's our focus today giving our veterans and first responders continued purpose and focus and enabling them to really, truly live their best lives. Well, I've been proud to be a part of it for, was it almost five years now? Is that how long? I think so. That, at least five. I was thinking closer to six, but at least five. Maybe coming up on six years now. Um, but you guys have some awesome things coming up, and uh, you lead heads. Uh, you can go to sheepdogia.org. Correct. And uh, there's a list of uh, events. Uh, you have like this um, this rucksack thing coming up. Talk about that, the, the hike. 
Well, it's actually a, a ruck march. Ruck sack, I think, is when you get in that uh, that corn sack and you hop along, don't you? That's a so, potato sack. <laughs> potato sack. So uh, a, a ruck uh, in the military is your backpack, basically, right? Yep. So uh, what we call rucking, a very common term in the Army especially, is that uh, you get out there on that pack and you start humping a few miles. And for us, it's about honoring the men and women that have uh, gone before us, especially those that have made the ultimate sacrifice in the line of duty. Uh, and we encourage you to add a pound to your pack uh, or 10 pounds to your pack for every man or woman that you would like to honor during this ruck march. Uh, it's a 10K ruck celebrating our 10-year anniversary. But you can ruck it. You can run it. You can bike it. Uh, you can do whatever you, can you swim it. best swim it. <laughs> Why not? Uh, as long as it's a 10 K and that you remember the men and women that have made the ultimate sacrifice for us while you're doing it. And also hope that you'll help us celebrate 10 years of sheepdog impact assistance, getting our brothers and sisters up off the couch, re-engaged and living their best lives. So if you go to our website, you'll learn more about the Ruck March this Saturday. You can participate uh, virtually from wherever you are when you sign up, and we'll send you a medal and a T-shirt that honors your commitment to recognizing the service and sacrifice of our fellow sheepdogs. Right on. I'm going to kayak. There you go. You can kayak. 10K. Yep. Six I'm, miles of kayaking. It's what me and T are going to do. <laughs> yep. I like it. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a 10-year celebration coming up in, um, in August, August 15th, and that's, uh, that's going to be a big deal just from a standpoint. Again, uh, we had to cancel this year's gala, uh, which was a big fundraising opportunity for us, and uh, whether it's our live or silent auction that we use to raise funds for our mission, uh, we're going to do this again uh, August 15th. It's going to be an outdoor celebration this year with live music and fireworks. Nice. Uh, very similar to a 4th of July celebration. Is it going to be in uh, Rogers? It will be in Rogers, Arkansas, and it's uh, open to the public. So anyone that would like to come up, and uh, even if we sell out on tickets, mm -hmm. uh, you can still come up around the venue and sit and enjoy fireworks. There's going to be food trucks, ice cream, you name it. Uh, going to have so some music playing? For, we'll have a lot of music playing. We've got a few different... Uh, very paid. I don't want to say too much about our uh, our guest music yet, okay. because we're not allowed to announce them. But we're going to have some a pretty spectacular lineup of special guests when it comes to music. Uh, Can I again, announce it? Uh, <laughs> Can I say it? not? <laughs> Something about their contracts. If they do these public uh, okay public venues, they can't. Damn it. Uh, they can't brag about it but i'll tell you what i'll get it out to you maybe a couple days before and you can help I'll, us i'll leak it yeah the word you know i'll leak it <laughs> but uh but I, you know i will say you know and, and really stressing i hope people will take a better look at what we're doing and most importantly if they know of a veteran or first responder out there that's struggling that they'll connect them with us um you know i've been able to listen to mike here uh some here before we started the show and during and i, I certainly love hearing what he's trying to do when it comes to helping with mental health uh, and within the gun community, making sure that uh, we do everything we can to stress the fact that it's not the gun. Um, it's not the gun that's causing harm. It, it's people causing harm to people, right? And just like the unfortunate incident with George Floyd, where you got a bad person 
hiding behind a badge that killed another human being. It's not about a gun. It's about people making bad choices and using that as their their proverbial weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. So I, I commend Mike on what he does. I hope, Mike, that you and I will have a chance to connect some more offline and support one another in our mission. Um, but again, stressing the fact that for us, it's ultimately about recognizing the men and women who are the best among us, our veterans and first responders who are willing to die. I mean, think about that. These are men and women that are willing to die for us, that are out there putting their lives on the line every day, leaving their families and willing to pay that ultimate price so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have today. And so whether it's through our organization or through the the work that Mike is doing through his, uh, if we can come together and make this country a better place so that we can get back to appreciating our blessings as a nation and stop complaining about the trivial bullshit that we're, we're stirring up just so that we have something to complain about, doesn't that tell you and, and prove positive that we live in the greatest nation when we got to find stuff to complain about? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's it right there. Yeah. You're not having to worry about where your food's coming from. You don't have to worry about calling people on a phone. You don't have to worry about whether or not you actually have it good. It's about now just finding stuff to complain about. So, again, I always, Marty, appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share our story and our mission uh, I encourage people to take a closer look at what we're doing when it comes to the mental health and well-being of our veterans and first responders. Uh, and again, Mike, I hope that we'll have a chance as this yeah, audience absolutely. listens absolutely. to you. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. Um, we can talk. I, you know, it's funny. I just realized why we know each other. I Didn't I donate a gun when I was at Eagle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, to one of yeah. the to one of their auctions. Yeah, I think you guys did that a couple of times. Yeah, it was like a grand power or something. We had it special engraved. We did something to it. I I don't remember. I mean, but you guys, yeah, you definitely have supported the uh, sheepdog. Yeah, yeah when and you then we did, and you actually, uh, which I appreciate, Lance. Congratulations, by the way. Ten years is like I can only aspire to that with Walk Talk America. That's amazing. Um, you got two under but, your belt, man. Yeah, I know, right? But that 10 years is absolutely amazing. But yeah, let's talk. I, I, I definitely want to continue this, and I'd like to be able to 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 tell people about your organization, where I'm going with, with this in the VA, and I need your help, too. You know what I mean? You've so, got it. You've got our yeah. support, and we'll, uh, we'd love to partner and help get that, that message out there. It's important. Very cool. Yep. I'll get you guys your uh, contact infos off uh, off air. Lance, I know you got to go, buddy. Thank you uh, so much for for being on, taking taking the time. I wish you could join us for the rest of the conversation because I know uh, you'll have a lot to say with uh, with what we're going to talk about next. Um, but well, we'll we have you on again, again soon. soon. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, and, as always. And uh, looking forward to the next hunt too. So. Yes, and you know, Mike, that'll be something we got to get you on as well. So bingo. That's, uh, that's what it's all about, getting outdoors and enjoying life and, uh, hey, living your best life you yep. it, and struggling well. Everybody remember to get out there and struggle well. Uh, life's a bitch. We get it. Uh, now let's do the best that we can with it and make the most of, of living our lives the way we, we need to. Sergeant Major Lance Nutt, Sheepdog Impact Assistance, you always refuel my soul, brother. So I am energized right, now. Thank you. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon, Appreciate brother. Appreciate y'all. Talk to you soon. All right. The Fiocchi family has been producing high-quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products, everything from self and home defense to the long-range categories. 
The Fioki Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fioki's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fioki trains, Fioki protects. Mike, so, I mean, every time I have him on or I'm around him, he's always, I mean, he just energizes you, you know? Yeah, he exudes. He, he is like that all the time. <laughs> I mean, he's not just like on the show. He's that way all the time. He's that enthusiastic, you know, that driven. You know, like you said, he's mission-focused. And, yeah. Uh, and all things that he does in life. Great man right there. Um, so, Wish you could have stayed on with us for the rest of the conversation, but I'm going to hook you two up, and I know you'll do great things to, together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited that uh, it's another contact that I, I mean. Once he said the 30 years, I go. This he's got to get in this circle with the things we were talking about yeah. before. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you guys just celebrated your two year, right? Not too long ago with Walk the Talk uh, America. Well, actually, July, when I got the 501c3 letter, uh-huh. it was July 19th. So we're right before that, but conceptually, two years, right? Like yeah. We talked about it in June, Raphael and I, and then executed on it, got the thing in July. Right. But yeah, we're going for two years, and it feels it feels like it's been years. Like, <laughs> I mean, you uh, have done a lot in the short amount of time. Uh, I yeah. mean, especially in, in the way that you've positioned the organization, uh, you know, I don't think we talked about this on air yet. We talked about it off air. <laughs> so, right. um, let's, let's get our listeners caught up. But before we do that, just kind of go like Lance did walk the talk America, the, the, the bio, the history there. Okay. So, uh, obviously started in 2018, uh, basically off of a random conversation with a complete stranger who asked, uh, how does the whole mass shooting thing work? And I and I said, well, everybody blames the guns, yeah. and we blame mental health, and mental health throws our hands up and says we don't have any money, we can't do this and that, and nothing ever happens. And she said like this one brilliant f- phrase to Raphael and I, who are sentenced like while we were like twelve vodka sodas in deep, right? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, we were blowing off steam. All the answers and, lie at the bottom of the pitcher, you know. Right. <laughs> Right. She said, how do you work with mental health? You guys must work hand in hand if you've identified the problem. You guys should, and we were like blown away, right? And the light bulb comes on. He's like, damn. Right. And and you see here, I put a letter up on the, um, so I created a letter when I first started the website for Walk Talk America, kind of telling this story, Hmm. right? And how enthusiastic I was. Well, I just did the two-year letter, right? Like where we've come. And the, and the cool thing about this is when I first started, I wanted, I thought we, we as the firearms industry and the 2A community, we're going to get this opportunity to look like superheroes because I was like, look, we'll go raise the money and we'll just hand it to the mental health professionals and they could do what they do and we'll just make Earth better by letting them run with it. Um, and I didn't realize that, you know, that's almost impossible Right. Because mm-hmm. finding the next shooter is like finding a needle in a haystack because the only future predictor of violence is previous violence, not mental health diagnosis. Uh, and I wasn't accepting that answer. I didn't like it. I was like, no, we got to be able to do outreach and stuff like that. And well, we could write these programs. What do you have in mind? And I'm like, you're supposed to tell me. Right. So <laughs> that's what I'm paying you for. 
Exactly. Right. I'm handing you this money. But I eventually got frustrated and it was like a blessing in disguise um, because and I had the right people. I was surrounded by the right people. Right. The Colia Noir I was surrounded by Rob Pincus. And he was like, man, anyone could just give money to mental health. Anyone could do that. Like what we need to do programs. Now, he didn't know what that was either. Right. But mm-hmm. some of this stuff developed because I started to take the information from the mental health people and apply it to, okay, how do I build that around a firearm, right? And change the narrative of the firearm. So like, I'm really proud to say that here we are two years later and every program we have is ours, like really ours, like the firearm industry, gun culture, two way community, ours. Like from from the card that goes in the box of the 14 different manufacturers, uh, the mental health flyer for free and anonymous testing to the classes that we throw for mental health professionals which is like a gun 101 class, you'd fall asleep in it, but they get continuing <laughs> education credits. Um, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we bring them in, and it's like gun 101. It's We call it cultural competence, right? Yeah. So as part of their uh, continuing uh, education, the hours they got to uh, get each year, that's that's a course that they could take. They take a course with 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 myself, Rob Pincus, who mm-hmm. teaches them range, right? And um, Jake Wiskirchen, who's another board member for Walk Talk, and he's like a vampire. He's a pro, super pro 2A therapist, right? Oh, cool. So he, he's a vampire that can turn into a werewolf. He's got both <laughs> covered, right? Um, <laughs> but we, we sit him through a, a, a basically a three- to four-hour class, and it's, like I said, gun 101. But it, you know when people ask you those questions and you just laugh at them and they're like, why does anyone need more to uh, own more than one gun? What's the difference between an AR and, you know, what's the issue with the AR? Yeah. This brings them into an environment where they're comfortable. Yeah, you because know, obviously they, they let me tell all the stupid stories that I have about <laughs> up as the ungun gun guy in gun world, right? Uh, I think that's why you laughed when you wanted to say, well, like, you should come hunting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, laughing because I was like, no, that would be perfect. <laughs> no, no, I know, but <laughs> I mean, I know you're not a big hunter, but still, you'd have a good time. Right? There could be a lot of comedy relief with me out there. Right? <laughs> uh, no, but so like those are the things. Like, let's bring if you're really if you care about saving lives, right? And if you really care about saving lives, and you're not a gun person, you you will still walk into our world and learn and be competent. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, there are more so many guns out there. How many of your patients come in and don't tell you they have a gun because they're afraid? Because yeah. you know how to phrase it. Well, you know, things. that's the biggest, you know, the, I, I, the biggest obstacle I, I want to say that's between the anti-gunners and the pro-gunners is the majority of those people don't know the first thing about a fire. They've never even been in the presence of one. They've seen them on movies, you know, and TV, maybe, you know, if they weren't led a sheltered life. But, you know, once you get them to the range and get one in their hand and show them safe, you know, the safety measures and then how to properly shoot one. Uh, you know, after a couple of shots, they're going to be, they're hooked every time, you know, unless you just got this hardcore staunch, you know, I'm determined not to, you know, come over to your side. And there's a lot of those as well, but the majority of them get it at that point. It's like, Oh, okay. I get it now. You know, right. but but we've got to get them to the range, and that's great that you guys are having these courses with the mental health people too, because I'm sure a majority of them, you know, haven't been around guns either. There's this really cool thing, um, and one day I would, I'd love to have like a sizzle reel of the class. I don't want to I don't want to like, you know, you don't want to make it something like it's cartoonish or like, hey, look at what we do, right? Because yeah. it, it, we are doing something, but. 
um, there, there's a real cool moment in the class because we start off in a classroom setting. We start off with me talking about Walk Talk America and what we do. And then, you know, we all kind of rotate. But um, after we get them on the range and then we bring them back into the classroom, we have these debriefings. And it's really cool because there are mental health therapists or professionals that don't even realize that we are a culture. So, like, they're like, I didn't even know there was a gun culture. Like, there is an emo culture or a skateboarding culture, right? Like, right. We, we, we have our own thing. Surfboard and, culture, skateboarding yep. culture. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? So, and then there's other ones that are like, I don't have a problem with guns. I've just never, I, I realize now, like, the way that I may approach the questioning, I need to rethink that. Right? right. Because it's like, when you're sitting next to, across from a mental health you know, professional, and they're like, "Do you own guns?" Like, <laughs> like that's. That, I mean, you don't know how they're they're phrasing that, right? So mm-hmm. what we try to do is we bring the professionals in, and we're we're like, "Look, we we need you to understand something. We need you to wear this like a badge, um, to say I'm I'm pro two A or I'm two A friendly, gun culture friendly." Because there's these categories that they have on their psychology today. Most everybody that's a in, in mental health or a therapist mm-hmm. has a profile on psychology today. And if you go through the back end, you could see all these different categories that people um, have expertise in, right? So if you were a professional and you you could basically airline pilots is a freaking category, okay? Like, right? And what I'm pushing for is we need first responders, military, and gun culture or pro two a, and and we're getting these these therapists to come forward now and put that in their descriptions and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's really what walk to talk America is about is about bringing the two worlds together and saying, look, what, what do we got to do to, to improve this? Because we can't just say, Oh, they're all anti-gun. Cause a lot of them are just like, I never even cared. I just didn't even know. Right. They're more one way or the other on it. There's right. Right. And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like America, right? Like most people in the middle are normal. And then you have the fringe on the left and the right that, right. that go, extreme so um you know it's programs like that that are really awesome and it's really resonated with people in the mental health community which is left of center i'll be honest like the majority of is left of center it's been a taboo subject right sure so we we invite them in and basically it's like get to know us right yeah Uh, well i think i think you it's a good thing that you're doing you know, and educating that side of it as well. You know, you're like you said in the very beginning, you're bridging that gap between the gun culture and the mental health uh, industry. And yes. uh, they're understanding us better. We're understanding them better. Uh, and that, you know, that's going to go a long way with their treatment. You know, when they go and they're, they're, they're talking with someone, I'll give you a, an example. Um, you know, I went to a couple's therapist uh, a while back. And, you know, we're just doing the pre-screening and, you know, one of the things, you know, that she had to dis uh, as a disclaimer, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, you know, everything that you say isn't held in confidence here. You know, if it's something that, you know, I pick up on that may, you may be doing harm to yourself or, you know, to someone else, you know, then I have to report that to the proper authorities. And, and, you know, at that point I got up and said, nope, I'm out, you know, because I mean, you could, it's subjective. You could interpret anything I say any way you want to, and then you could go turn me over and then, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'll lose my gun rights. 
Agnar, who whatever, right? Whatever scenario happens right. after yeah. that person's opinion. Yeah, so from that point forward, I've refused to go into any kind of, uh, you know, couples therapist or therapy or anything like that for, for that sole reason right there. It's like, I just, it's not worth the risk to me at that point. Right. And, and, and here's the, like, and this is the irony, right? Like Jake Wiskirchen, the guy I was telling you about, if you were to go to him, if you were in Reno, that's where he's located, right? Yeah. You guys went in there. Your guns wouldn't, you see what I'm saying? He would relate to you. Go, oh, what do you shoot? What, <laughs> right. Right. Like, and that's, and I don't and know what the state laws are there. Maybe they don't have to report, you know, that kind of stuff, but the way it was, you know, explained to me, the way she was explaining it to me is like, you know, if, if it comes across that you're suicidal or, you know, you're psychotic or psychopath, you know, that I get that from anything that you say, then I can turn you over to the authorities. You know, I have I to, re- I have to report you basically is what she said. And I'm right. like, there's states like, like in New York where you can say the wrong thing, like the safe act, which doesn't make anybody safer. just makes people want to not want to go get help. Exactly. Right? My point. Exactly. <laughs> That's my right. point. Think exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, I say stupid shit all the time, you know, right, and right. it's like, I'll say something. I'm like, oh, I didn't really mean it that way. And, you know, and well, or how about a bad day? Right. Like you're in there on a bad day. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that, has bad days. But typically you're going to a therapist because you're in a bad spot. You know, you're not in a good you're not going because you're in a good mood. <laughs> you're going because, you know, you got Try. issues. You got something you need to work out. You need to talk it through. You need to you need a sounding board. You know, I yep. need to be able to get it out. And and not be you know that held against me, um, so I understand why people you know are hesitant to to go to a therapist or a you know psychologist or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I'm working on this new program. Uh, I can't really, it, it, I'm still molding it. But I've, the few people I've told about it, um, mental health therapists and every or you know professionals and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm really excited for the next year because, uh, you know, you do the same things over and over again. And and look, I, I, I'm not going to stop with my mental health flyer until I get in way more mm-hmm. manufacturing boxes, right? But you still want to be able to offer something new. And I'm working on something new that will bring the mental health professional that's local to the gun shop and have have them meet there, right? Like not, not, not a person going in and getting therapy at the gun shop. What I'm saying is... Mm-hmm. A, that even if any therapist that not doesn't carry just wants to save lives, but can funnel people that go in and buy a firearm and maybe one day have issues to say, I can go right down there because they're pro 2A. Yeah. Right. That, well, that's like, the kind of pe- people that you want to set up at our, you know, our events, you know, like SHOT Show, like the NRA, like, uh, you know, any of these gun gun shows is go, yep. go with a reputable uh, manufacturing company have that guy there and you know yeah it's there's it there's so much to be learned from both sides um obviously states differ right different yeah yeah that's another thing is just so much inconsistency right and and also good information versus bad information or like this is a good segue to talk about my work with the va right yeah Uh, let's talk about that so um new new things going on with walk the talk america Right. So I, I, uh, this is going to sound like a little bit of a humble brag, but one day I got an invitation to come be part of a suicide prevention task force for the VA. And they asked me to come to the White House for two days with all these people, um, all these 
mental health professionals, many of them, uh, all of them doctors, many of them like attached to the VA yeah. to try to figure out President Trump created an executive order and said, look, I'm putting you guys all together in a room, fix it, which is freaking hysterical because. Did you know that before you went there? Or did you find that out once you got there? No, no. Well, I didn't know what I was really walking into, but um, <laughs> you just like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> so I got, you know, I, I'm, I got this email out of nowhere and they were like, we would like to invite you to this. And I remember like running it by Jake Wiskirchen because I know he deals in things like this. And he told me, he's like, look, man, you have to do this. He's like, this is good for your resume, right? Like, he's just like, just go. I, I think yeah. it's gonna be a great opportunity for you to check it out. So, um, it was really cool uh, when I got the actual invite because I had to go. I had to take some. They they actually give you an exam, right? Um, oh damn! That yeah, an ethics course. You have to take it before you even can work there at the White House, which is crazy. Holy crap! Um, but I remember when I got like the official invitation, I, I showed it to my daughters, and you know they're young, right? They're they're thirteen. They're thirteen and eleven yeah. like at the time, um, and I was just like, don't. Don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do shit. Like, don't. Because like, I'm living proof of that, right? I have family but did members. did they that, understand what you were showing them, or they're just like, whatever, yeah, Dad? They understand <laughs> that. I mean, they've been watching this for the last two years, right? Um, they've been watching yeah. their father live and breathe this this thing. Um, so they're, they're, they're attuned to what I do. They know what I do. Yeah. Uh, but just the White House, like, understanding. Because I told them, I said, your father was a punk kid from Jersey. They realized like, it was a big deal. They did realize it was a big deal, like, but it's it was just a cool moment to have because I never, like I said, I got family members that are like, would if they came back from the grave, they'd be like, get the hell out of here, like, <laughs> someone's Ashley Kutcher is playing a joke, on you. you know what I mean? Um, but it was really it was a really cool experience because I didn't know what I was walking into, and then I realized that when I was there, it's just surreal, yeah, man, yeah, that I, I was. Imagine being with all these guys and you know that they're highly decorated. You know that they're some of the most brilliant minds. I, I, it's, a, it's a moment. It's like a vibe, right? Like I could have just been in the room and not said a word. Mm -hmm. Just listen to all these people. Just talk, right? And I, I would have been happy. Um, but then I realized like I am the only gun person here. I am the only firearms Industry How many people are on this panel or in this, uh, um, this group? There was about, I think there's like 16 of us. I have, uh, I have, I can't, but there was more people in the room observing. Mm -hmm. So they had us all at a table and then they had a bunch of people around the table. Um, and we were all supposed to give like five minute Ted style talks. Right. Right. Um, and it was really cool because I, I was able to give mine um, and kind of try to read the room. And there were some people that I had heard of before that I knew were pro-gun, mm -hmm. uh, like Dr. Emmy Betts. Like Dr. Emmy Betts, is, I mean, I wouldn't say she's like us, right? But she's she understands that work with the firearms industry. Don't don't you know? Don't treat them better like, to work with them than against them. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I see her like I'm giving my speech. She's nodding her head like yeah. You know, I, he's up there telling all the Rock stuff. Rock star. That he, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and then I'm looking at other people, and it's their stone face, right? So you don't know what they're thinking um but it was really cool because were you the I first, first one to get up and speak or were there other people no 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 um i was actually like sixth in line and it was really interesting because some of the people that went before me literally said things that were in my speech really right? you're like yeah. fuck 
Well, you don't want to look like you're sitting there just plagiarizing, like, oh, I'm going to get up there and hit the stalking points. But there were certain people that said things, and I was like, damn, I have that in my speech, too. But you got, um, like, probably PhDs and, like you said, uh, real high-ranking military uh, people there. and That was what was funny, was the first four emails going back and forth with my contact at the White House, they kept calling me Dr. Sedini. <laughs> and finally, I... I had I had to correct it because I was like this I can't let this go on because it was funny right I kept saying I was telling my wife I'm like they call me Doctor Sabini it's funny um, and I actually wrote them and I said thank you for the involuntary life promotion um, but I I can't let you call me Doctor I'm just a regular kid from Jersey who who loves to save lives and loves firearms and uh, she she wrote back and she's like thank you for being honest and that's hysterical that's, that is a, that's funny yeah but I got up but there but they I respect gave, you more after that though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think sure. you need to show your how authentic you are in everything you do, right? You have to believe in yourself and what you do, and it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or not. I mean, it helps, right? But for me, it's like, look, I want to give you another look at the firearms industry. I want to change your perspective. I want to shift it. Mm-hmm. From, this doesn't have to be negative to you. This could be a positive. This could be a conduit for people to get the help they need when they're in crisis without fear of consequence. Right. And that's that's something that most people, I think, never thought of. Even the anti-gun people, right? If you're really about saving lives, you're eventually going to give in to, yeah, this makes sense. Like, this is about getting people help. And that's what I love because I kind of – I'm able to walk in that world and and really expose you if – you're just truly anti-gun. Right. Hiding behind, I just want to save lives. Right? Because I got the stats, I got the numbers, I, I got the I, the passion, and also I have solutions that no one's ever thought of it, uh, before that are that are the firearms community, right? We're right. taking the firearm and we're changing the narrative. Like, And they can either get on board and help. Because for me, I didn't care. I was like, well, I'm going to go there. This is really cool. I hope they take my advice, but in the end, I don't need to answer to anybody. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. So let's get back. Let's get back to your speech. How did your speech go? So you get up, you're giving your speech, you know, in front of these, uh, you know, think tanks of America. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to read the room. I I, there's one guy that went first. Um, We we've become friends since then, but you know, he doesn't. He's not a fan of guns. I could tell. Um, He's a data guy, right? And he's data. I mean, we can still be friends with those people. You can. We can you still can be friends with Like I said, my my deal is I'm going to get you to love me. Like, come on. I'll get you to open I'll up. Get right? I'll get you over on my side. I'll get you that range Take you day. to that range. That's all it takes, man. Two trigger <laughs> right. pulls. I'm reading the room, and and I don't know what, you know, it's not like people applaud when you're done. You, know, you just went up there and talked. And uh, this this one of this highly decorated guy, and he did me the biggest favor, which was completely awesome. And, and he he... He was super decorated because you could tell by his regalia. Yeah. <laughs> right. Had his fruit uh, salad everywhere on his chest. Lance would be able to identify what this person was, right? I'm not I, I'm not part of the military. I've never been part of the military. I don't have any family that was in the military. Um, but this guy stands up and he's like, I, I gotta talk I wanna say something. And he goes, You need to listen to this guy. Were you nervous when he stood up and said that? Were you like, oh shit? <laughs> Yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Like, he's like, listen to this guy. He's like, you you told me the gun was my identity. He's like, you even had me name it. 
And he's like, I used it in combat. That's exactly what Lance just said. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, and now I'm in crisis and you want to take it away from me? He's like, it's like taking away a family member. You know, like you don't take away something that makes someone calm or they relate to it. Right. Yeah. Their um, lifeline. Yeah. That, that was that was huge. Like that was a huge moment in that room because I think everybody in there was like, well, OK, let me hear what this dude's talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and my whole thing is, is like, I'm encouraging you, like, come with me. Like, even if you're not a gun person, come with me. I'll walk you in there and we're going to learn from each other. Right. It goes back to the whole core concept of uh, that. It's great, though. I mean, I mean, my work with the VA has actually kicked up a few notches. Um, they understand that there's a problem because mm-hmm. that's the thing, Marty. We can't just keep doing the same shit over and over again. And, and I would assume it. that the VA is is the, the suicide rate. Is that what you guys are? Um, yeah. The main discussion there was. Yep. It's how do we go about uh, reducing this suicide rate amongst veterans? But uh, the gun thing obviously was pushed to the forefront because obviously two thirds of all firearm deaths are suicide, right? And mm-hmm. over half it's it's it's. It, it's one of those things where combat vets and first responders gravitate towards the gun industry. So now I'm standing there and I'm I'm talking to them saying, hey, guys, like we're willing to work with you. And and I can actually provide you some solutions and things that you can do because um, I've been doing them with Mental Health America. If you come with me and I introduce you to some people. Yeah. Let's do a field another, trip. Come on my field trip. Right. Yeah. Here's another issue. So. Our industry, our community, uh, has so many combat vets, vets, like active vets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them have had some bad experiences with the VA. So before I was going up to... A lot of them. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, them. of them, right? Before I was going up to D.C., uh, like CJ uh, and Q, those guys, they found mm-hmm. out that I was at the White House to talk about this stuff. And they cornered me, and they were like you got to tell them this and you got to tell them that, and this is bullshit and da, 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 right? Now, once again, I hate being the middleman, but what the hell? So I go up there and the first night I'm out with these two guys uh, that were on the task force, this guy, Jay Zimmerman, who is just awesome. I can't wait to bring him into gun world because he's a super gun guy, oh, cool. but he's in part of the industry piece, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was funny because when I sat down, he was like, I, I was the gun guy before you got here. Because you're an actual like firearms industry guy, but I was like their gun expert. I was the guy who explained to him about the difference between, you know, what did he? What does he do for a living? He he works for the VA. Okay. Um, and, and so he, he wasn't really in the industry. No, he, but he's such a fan. He's just an of enthusiast. He, actually, he does a thing like Chris Kyle, where he takes, you know, vets out and they shoot together and they have like retreats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to remember a lot of the mental health side of things is they're non they're, they're not gun people. Right. So they don't know. So they go to Jay when they have these questions. Right. Right. And then he answers them. And then he also is the one to point out like, Hey, let's not do something that will make someone not go get help. Right. Like, and Jay's the first person is like red flag laws, get them out of here. Right. Like Jay's that guy. Yeah. And that's, and you're going to meet Jay. I, I'm going to definitely have him come on the show. Cool. Like when, when we'll next love time to have we'll, him on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, these, this is the thing. It's like, come into our world, work with the gun industry, work with the firearms community, and let's do what Walk Talk America does. Like, piggyback on some of the stuff we do 
and then build from there because these ideas come once you start working together. But I got their attention, right? Um, so at the end of the day, are they are they, are they like on board with with the the whole program that you you've got and willing to? Yes. Take part. Um, I was actually going to pay for Jay to come to the NRA show um, because I he you know going through the VA, there's all this red tape. Yeah. And and I want to get back to my original point too, like talking to CJ and Q before yeah. I went up. Yeah. Um but so I go up there, I'm having drinks with Jay and these guys, and they're like, dude, it's fun to watch you in a room because you don't have anybody to answer to. And it's like, <laughs> there's no red tape for you. So he's like, if you want to just like put a firearms mental health flyer in a gun box, all you do is just go ask people and they'll do it. They, you know what I mean? There's nothing that that cuffs me. They have a lot of red tape. You got to fly stuff up. The yeah, flag. government. Yeah, yeah. It's even government. if you do an interview, like they have to get it cleared before mm-hmm. they actually want to do an interview. And so the guy was like, "Yeah, it's it's fun to watch you." Well, I've dealt with that with guests I've had on the show, man. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, I bet, I bet, right? Yeah. And that's that's that that handcuffs people, I think, right? Um, because it does because they, they they don't feel free to speak, you know, right? They, and you're getting what they what they think that their superiors want to hear and not what the actual answer is that they want to give. Right. So take data guy, right? Like the guy was telling you about that I could tell didn't like firearms. Uh-huh. Right? Data, he was presenting all these da- this data, and his answer was keep people away from guns, right? <laughs> Which is not an option. <laughs> but so data yeah. guy. There's 300 million guns in America. Yeah, it, Exactly. Like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear about, like, look at Australia. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Australia's a bad example because their crime rate, rate went through the roof after they got rid of the guns. It's just a bad – everything's a bad example because this is about the Constitution. Canada's going to be a bad example <laughs> coming up. You know, Canada just got yeah. the big gun ban up there. It happens. I mean, every there is evil in the world. But so data guy looks at when they see something that I do. I like right? you would call him data guy. <laughs> <laughs> data guy always says like, hey, can you show me some evidence that this has helped people? And my rebuttal to that is don't let data get in the way of a good thing and saving <laughs> lives. We get the data later. Yeah. Right. But. To have free and anonymous mental health screenings on a card that goes in a box. Yeah. You can't yeah. sit here and tell me that you need data to tell me that's a good idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's that's really it's kind common of like, sense. It shows you the difference, right? I and I get it. I, I understand that that's important is to collect that stuff. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you have to do something, right? And I think that's what the world in many cases has been expecting from the gun community because we get called so many shitty things, man. You know, uh, standing on children's graves and all they care about is profit. So when you're reeling backwards from defending yourself, sometimes you don't think to say, well, I'm going to explain to them what we do. And that's really what I love is this is the opportunity for us to be like, okay, here's what I do. What do you do? Mm -hmm. And they never can beat me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, when I go into that room, I feel like Ali in Olympic Village. Like, (laughs) I'm going to get the gold. Uh It's just a matter of how many, right? And you're going to see what we do, and you're going to want to attach yourself to it. Uh, I have that confidence. That's great. You got to have that attitude, man. Yeah, I've seen their faces, man. Like, I've seen their faces when we were sitting in the room, and some of these people were like, 
I never even thought about that. Like, I never even thought about making the gun a conduit for people to get help. Like, changing the narrative. It doesn't have to be something that destroys. Mm -hmm. Something where, you know, hey, I want to help people. I don't want to take away their guns. So how do I approach a gun person? Like, this may be the way. Um, and, And then show the rest of the world, look, you don't have to put legislation on us. We're doing stuff ourselves. And there's already legislation <laughs> on us. Right. You know, you don't need any- it's already there. You right. Know, work what's already on the books. Uh, you know, let us self-regulate. It's you know, educate. That's the that's the big thing. If they would if they would quit fighting against us and fighting against you know, educating younger people about firearms, if they would just expose them to them and you know educate them on the firearms, it would be a whole different world. Right. And use and you and and don't be intellectually dishonest when you use numbers. Right. So don't throw out a 40,000 number and say gun violence. Yeah. Say two thirds of that is suicide. Right. Founded in 2012, IWIUS is the USA based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world-proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI U.S. are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Lead Head Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI U.S. So I got another program I'm excited about. I'm going to tease it uh-huh. um, because I, I really think this is special. Um, the two things you always hear, uh, especially from people like us, when we defend ourselves, right, mm-hmm. is we say uh, most of those firearm deaths are suicide. And then the other thing I hear a lot is, and the rest of them is just gangbangers in Chicago, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, Gang crimes. Yeah. I'm laser focused on the suicide prevention thing, but I've always wanted to do something. How do I, how do I do the gangbangers in Chicago? Like how do we, as the firearms community connect to that, that, that group, the underprivileged underserved community, right? Where there's a lot of gun violence, mm-hmm. right? Your Shanine Allen's live like people that are really in it, like the Maj Tories, right? From black guns matter. Um, we have a program that we're sponsoring. I met these two kids. Uh, I call them kids. I'm from Jersey. They're, they're adults. Um, but, <laughs> but they're younger than you. So they're kids. <laughs> right. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they, they, when they, they heard about walk talk America and they were interviewing me and they said like, what, what do you, do you have any plans for the urban community? And, you know, I said, nobody needs to see Mike Sedini in the urban community. Nobody needs another blindside, a white hero mm-hmm. that no one's asking for. I was like, you two should do something. And he took that to heart and he came back and we've been working behind the scenes on this program called Kids to Kings. And he's a Maj Tory protege, right? So Maj goes into these communities mm-hmm. and he teaches responsible gun ownership and the law and things like that. Well, he took this 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 concept and applied it to the youth. What's this kid's so, name? Uh, his name's Devin. Perkins and Devin Perkins. Yep. Okay. And, um, you're going to hear 
a lot more from this kid because I'm really going to get behind this program because it's really cool. He not only does he, he and his crew uh, go in and they're going to talk to kids in these underprivileged, underserved communities, but they're going to teach them about responsible gun ownership. They're going to teach them about how this could go wrong. Mm-hmm. A couple of people in his crew um, are former gang members or people that spend time in prison, but they're going to mentor these kids. They're actually going to bring a police officer into this. So oh, these wow, kids, they're brave. Well, hey, listen, that's the biggest thing, right? People are going to start building distrust with these little kids, and they're going to go their whole life without. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, but what better way to build, you know, to try to build that trust is bring the police officer with you while you're doing these. You know, I don't know if you do it, if you do it right off or maybe just ease them in after a couple of courses because you know you bring a cop in the first day and people are going to be like wigging out. Well, it depends on what cop you bring in too. Don't bring. Well, that's true. Mixer crew cut like you know <laughs> somebody that they can identify with in the community that basically would say like, "Hey kids, like this is who I am. This is my yeah. part." Bring right? them in plain like, clothes or something, you know, not uniform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to ram it down your throat, especially now. But the point is, is get back yeah. to them understanding that there there could be an officer in your community that could be a person to go to when there's trouble that you can trust that's not exactly. out there on someone's necks or whatever the, you know, whatever thinks of the police right now. Yeah. Um, Where? What cool, part of the country is this? Um, well, he's based out of Virginia, but okay. we're going – we want to take this thing. We want to do this in every major city. You're doing nationwide. Yeah. Small. Um, but once again, I think it's just now when people say, well, what is the gun industry? What does the firearms industry do um, about if you say it's suicide and it's just, you know, underprivileged, underserved communities? I want to be like, well, we run right at it. Like we're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, we We've go got in this there. going on. Yeah. Yeah, Kids the Kings goes into these communities and they basically throw these free courses for these young kids and they 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 mentor them and they teach them about responsibility and how to be a man or a yeah. woman and you know well, that's a great idea. I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And is that kicked off? That started? Um, we are about to launch on the website their personal page. Okay. Um, we we got derailed. We were going to do one event. I always like to start small and local mm-hmm. right so i told these guys look do it in virginia we'll bring a film crew like we'll get clips and then we'll go out and we'll build this even stronger right because there's some gun companies that probably would want to just sponsor this yeah right um and then we're going to move it around because it, let's face it you can't just stay in virginia you got to keep going and there's a whole game plan behind this i'm just previewing it but yeah. we um, gotta start somewhere you know yeah right, and i'm gonna i'll I'll send you kind of the outline personally. So yeah, you I do. Can... I'd love to get those guys on the show. Let's do a, you know, when you guys kick it off, let's do a, after you do your first one, let's do a show and let's talk about how it went. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to really like it. And I think once again, cause that's a, that's a big deal for me. I want to represent the firearms community and in the industry and make people proud. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has the time to go do something positive um, but at least if they could look at Walk to Talk America and be like, you know yeah, what? Sp- Everybody does have the time to do something positive. It's prioritizing, man. Hey, mm-hmm. you're drinking from your letty. So you just did something positive right there. So Danny's drinking from his talking letty. This is my favorite, dude. I, <laughs> look at the, like you're, it's coming it's worn off. off. Yeah. I, every day, this is the greatest thing. My kids always ask me if they can use it. I'm like, nope. I need to send you a new one. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to send you a new one. You need a new one. <laughs> Thank you, because it's awesome, and it just I'm has make a note. 
Fuck the talk colors too, which I like because <laughs> you have that lime green and the black. It's oh, yeah. sharp. You stole your colors from me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but so it, it's it's just another positive thing that I, I think we're getting into. And like no, said, that's these, great. I mean, that's from where you started to where you're at now. In two, you know, less than two years. What you're accomplishing is unheard of, man. I mean, where you're headed and what you're doing is is fantastic. And I know it's probably beyond anything that you ever uh, you know, imagined when you first started this. I mean, you got a plug on Joe Rogan the other day, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Collins was uh, on Joe Rogan. How cool was that? Yeah, it was super cool. And the funny part about that is I didn't even know he was going on. And I had texted him because um, I saw from, from social media that he was in L.A. And I was like, hey, what are you doing in L.A.? And he's like, Rogan. And he's like, I actually brought up Walk Talk America. And I was like, oh, cool. And then yeah. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to press. So I was like, did it go well? And he's like, yeah, it was supernatural. It was cool. Came up in conversation. Um, yeah. So, so I listened, I listened to Joe Rogan from time to time and I didn't know that he was on it. I mean, it was like this week or uh, it was like his most recent show. I was talking with Adam the other day and Adam's like, hey, you know, Collins was on Rogan, right? I was like, get out of here. And I looked at us, sure enough, right there, three-hour conversation he had with him. So I gotta, I gotta finish listening. I started uh, listening to it. I hadn't finished it yet, but oh yeah, it's it's good. And actually, I think they they are so comfortable talking to each other that I think they would have gone longer if mm-hmm. he didn't the time. Because when he ends it, it's like, dude, we've been doing this for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. it's like I am sometimes. You know, I look down and like, shit, man, we've been talking for two hours. We've almost been talking for two hours. Yeah. No, but it, it, you know, that those type of things are great because it brings attention to what we're doing. And like I said, there's nothing out there. And I mean, what bigger platform, especially a 2A type, because the 2A people follow Rogan, you know, they listen to Rogan for the most part. I mean, he's, he's leftist, uh, you know, he's leftist center, I will say for the most part, but you know, he's a strong 2A proponent and supporter of, of the 2A big hunter. Uh, so, you know, I enjoy listening to him from time to time. I listened to uh, one he had Ronnie Coleman on, former bodybuilder. You know who Ronnie Coleman is? Yep. yep. He, he was like eight time Mr. Olympia. Or... Dude, muscle Fitness Magazine. Remember, like back in the day? Yeah, like... man. It was always like, damn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy listening from time. But I heard he was on, and uh, to hear that he mentioned you guys was awesome, man. And he's he sits on your board. So, I mean, that's it's appropriate that he would do that. Yeah, and he, you know, I was just on his podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and that was pretty cool because I got to go on and talk to him about, um, you know, my board members. They're they're not always active, right? And they, if if you have a board on a five hundred one c three, you basically go to your board for advice. I mean, you use them for connections and stuff like that as well, right? Sure. Um, you know, I had a meeting today, and the guy was honest. He's like, once I saw that Collins was on your board, I. I knew I, I, I was going to take your phone call, right? <laughs> Those are the things that like, you know, they make you feel good because you're yeah. like, okay, right guy. But well, um, it legitimizes you with certain, like you said, certain segments, certain connections that you, that, yep. that you can make. So no, I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, what better person to send on your board than, than the Collins, man. He's yep. well connected, uh-huh. well liked, well followed. Yeah, absolutely. My my you my lawyer, uh, John Renzulli, he's a huge lawyer. He's a lawyer for Glock and Mossberg. Um, you know, I got the president of the uh, NASGW uh, is on my board, uh, Kenyon Gleason. Awesome. Uh, 
Rob Pincus. Don't say his name too many times. He'll show up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised he's not on here with us right now. Right. right. It's like my phone's going to start ringing. Hey, I hear you're on with Sodini. Window. (laughs) He's like, hey, guys. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Rob and and Jake and and, uh, Jose Fierro, uh, who I recently brought on the board, who um, Stanford graduate, fighter pilot, Marine fighter pilot, you know, did two tours in Afghanistan and in Iraq. And, um, you know, so we brought somebody from the military in that, that, you know, I absolutely adore. I mean, we grew up together. You're not supposed to do that, but he is legitimately um, the real deal. Mm-hmm. So I think I, our board's shaping up nicely. You know, I got the mental health professional and Jake right. um, really cares about this and gets it. Hey, the whole point is we got to just change, man. Uh, just change the whole, the way that people look at the gun industry, yeah. you know? Yep. And uh, you do that by leading. You guys are definitely leading by example with what you're doing. Uh, you know, we're behind you. Anything that we can do here at Talking Land, I mean, all, you know, 20 of my listeners will, will get behind you. And- <laughs> <laughs> you got me more than that, brother. When I stepped into uh, to your world and started doing a podcast, it's really funny because, like, I'm convinced I have eight listeners. <laughs> no, you, I'm sure you got more than that, dude. Uh, I saw your studio, man. I mean, I'm jealous. I mean, you're a I'm, professional looking there, son. Yeah, dude, this, uh, the road podcaster, that thing is amazing. I don't know if you've seen that piece of mm-hmm. equipment. But, yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. I'm due to I, upgrade my stuff. I'm, uh, I still got the, the same setup that I had. Uh, oh yeah. When I sit yeah. in your booth, but it's just, I mean, it's so portable and so easy. I know how to work it, you know? <laughs> That's the thing is you're, it's, you're comfortable with it, right? Like, I am. I'm very comfortable with it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Break it. I can break it down, set it up in a matter of minutes, you know. So, uh, I just I hate change. I'm one of those that hates change. But uh, anyhow, we, so tell what's the name we, of your podcast? What? What's the name of your podcast? It's real easy, Mike Sadidi Podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I look. I what I try to do is I bring on firearms uh, people, like people in the in the industry, and um, I try to give them a voice, and I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to do what you do. You do it better than I do. What I want to do is bring people in and kind of talk to them about the. the I want to expose their personality, right? We talk about mental health. We'll talk about things that are going on. We'll talk about how they got there, what their journey is, and what it's like to be. Well, to get I, to know. I, kind of, like I said I stay away from the product piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I I really want to know how they they navigate through the world because it's a tough world for us to navigate. I mean, there's, there's a huge stigma on us. Like people don't, they just automatically assume it's like these guys are really into guns and something's wrong with that. Well, we don't have the, we don't have the same advantages that, you know, say a tech industry has as far as, you know, like the social media goes. We are severely choked down on getting our message and our word out. I mean, uh, I don't know what they, they call it shadowing or something like that. Shadow boxing or. Shadow ban. Yeah. The shadow bans. Yeah. The shadow ban. So, uh, I mean, we may have. You know, 50,000, 100,000, 600,000 followers, but it's only going out to like 0.01% of people who have willingly gone and said, I like what this person is doing. I like their message, but it's not getting out to uh, the vast majority. Like I said, I mean, we're choked down to less than 1% most of the time on these Facebooks, Instagrams, YouTube. Uh, You know, it's the worst for the gun industry. Yeah. And now that we're not having shows and things like that, it's it's a weird time, right? It is. I, yeah. You so like, oh, I'll see him on this show circuit, or I'll see him at these events. 
Yeah. As far as I know, the podcasting uh, industry hasn't been shadow banning us, but they may be. I don't know. Um, as far as I know, they, they haven't so far. Yeah. I mean, our numbers deep, still keep increasing, so uh, that's good at least. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad we got to catch up because it's been a while. And it's I really, been too long. I, I missed you at Chacho. It sucked. But there's there's another cool thing, though. Like, my work, right, with WTTA, I left Chacho, like, the last day on that mm -hmm. Friday when we were supposed to rendezvous. I went out to L.A. and had a booth with the Gracies um, for their concussion. They had a concussion booth. Like, they have a foundation that yeah. works with, with voice. Yeah. Edge Hama and stuff like that. I went out there, and they gave me some space to set up oh, and sweet. talk about what we do. And I was at this fitness expo, which is in L.A., which was crazy because you talk about, like, Coleman and stuff like that. It's like everybody yeah. walking around looking like that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, once again, that's a crossover. That's what I'm I'm going for. Yeah. Right? I, I'm stepping out of the echo chamber, which I we need the echo chamber. We need the, the people that, you know – People that aren't like me, that are gun people, right? Like I need everybody, but that's where I wanted to go. I wanted, I was like, I'm excited to go set up a table and watch people's reactions while I'm handing them out the wristbands and the cards and the literature. Um, and that's why I missed you. But I thought I'd see you at NRA. Right. I mean, we, we had a lot planned to do, but it didn't happen, unfortunately. But, you know, we'll, we'll make it up. Definitely yeah. make it up. Um, there was something else that you're doing. Oh, uh, how's the avidity going? Do we want to <laughs> talk about that? Or? <laughs> no, no, I do. I do. I'm actually. This is where coach. Rob shows up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Rob. <laughs> um, so with everything that was going on and the fact that I don't, I actually don't have an income. Um, I, I, I sold my company. I'm living off of what I did. Um, I don't, there's no salaried employees for WTTA. Um, so I'm doing this for the love of the game, but, uh, Obviously, Rob has to make his living, and I have to continue down this path. <laughs> I might be broke one day. Um, <laughs> but we, get, we, we started to do little things here and there. Mm. Um, so now we, we're starting to really take the time to find out what has prevented this from getting to the step where we needed to be perfect, right? Um, so we're, we just had to redo the trigger bar assembly and, and those parts. Um, so we're, and we're making these subtle changes to keep the guns up with the times because you're talking about like a six-year process here, right? Like for your listeners, do ne never ever do it like we did it, like. <laughs> right. So I'm I'm trying to find a quote here from a a, a great man that I saw. Oh, I had it pulled up here too. Basically, what it said was I didn't have the exact plan, but. I just wanted to get it started and I figured it out as I went. That's yeah. that's a that's a complete, you know, uh I just summarized the whole thing. But that was you talking about how you started Walt to Talk America. You right. said same philosophy for <laughs> for avidity, man. Just get the damn thing out. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and, and we have a lot uh, believe it or not, like we are having fun with it when we are on social media and we're kind of busting people's balls or they're busting ours. Like we Rob and I talk and we laugh about it. So like anybody that's ever taken offense to any smart ass remark we've said, like we're we're laughing at ourselves as well. Right, right. right? Self self deprecating, um, yeah. Right. And and sometimes it doesn't come across like that, <laughs> you know, and when we're being smart asses online. But um here's one really cool thing. We broke ground on a building okay in st augustine 
um, at ancient, ancient City Shooting Range. We brought on a new partner. His name is Chuck. And he's building an actual facility for strictly avidity. Okay. Uh, nice. So th- this is real progress. And a lot of this gun has been held up because the other people that were involved in it previously, it was an Eagle project and I had a partner. Yeah. And we had other gun lines that needed attention. So Avidity only got attention when we were able to do that financially and also with our bandwidth. Kind of like know? a hobby project. Right. Um, if, 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 and that's when people are confused because like it shouldn't take this long. Well, it does take that long when you're doing it part time. Yeah. You know, but um, we we have a building uh, that's being erected as we speak. Um, we have a manufacturing an building. Yeah, and uh, we're going to do a lot of things in there: assembly, manufacturing. I mean, once again, it's it's crawling, man. It's th- imagine three guys now, like three dudes just doing this, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's it, what it's it, been. <laughs> it's been right. you and, and Rob and uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Brad. Brad. Original- yeah, Brad. Yeah. And Brad's got his own thing now. He's doing his own thing now, right? So he, he's not even involved in the project anymore. Um, we have new a new engineer and we have, you know, a new partner. Um, but but now I think everybody's on the same page, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes a big difference. And we'll be able to operate out of Florida. We have an FFL there. Um, even that, though, cr- tr- uh, crossing everything over, yeah. getting everything out of Eagle's name, it took a minute. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It'll get there before I die. I might be like super old, but I want to see. Well, the I'm kids. rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. know it's. I, I, mean, I know that it's been a you know a labor of love, but it's uh, it's stressful. Yeah. Any. Here's the deal. Like, if you make a subtle change or something has to be rebuilt because it's not working properly, it could be anywhere between 5k and 25k. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. Like yeah. when you have to change a mold or, you know, and this is, this is what you get when you don't have a team of engineers in a building that work on this every day. Right. It's mm-hmm. literally, let me figure out how this process and let's figure out what's wrong. And then you got to identify it. You got to slow it down on camera. And then it's like, okay. And you could change one part here and it changes a whole nother thing. Right. And yeah. it's, uh, and people don't understand that. It's, it's like your kid asking for money every day, <laughs> you know, and you flip and check check. Just I, siphons, just right. I, every day, I steal a little bit more, <laughs> and it's easy to say when you you don't have your own money invested, right? That's like true. you're financially, uh, like this comes out of my. It comes out of me, just yeah. like Walk Talk America is supported by a lot by me, yeah, um, and that's really the the story. So when people are online being tough, um, it's funny. Well, let's talk up. about that. What can people do to help support Walk the Talk America? Honestly, uh, I, w- d- I know earlier I said I made a comment like, hey, it can't be all about the money. But if if you have the money and you can donate some, uh, it goes a long way. Well, Remember, Lance made, made a perfect uh, argument for that. You know, it's like, look what I did with this. And if I had this much more, look how much more I could do. It is exactly. about the money, you know. It, it takes money to to be able to help people. It, right. So this is the every, bottom line. Every donation counts. Like even if it's five bucks. Like think of it as like buying me a drink, right? Like if you saw me at a bar, you'd buy me a drink. You probably get you know pay. If you're in Vegas, a drink would be seventeen bucks. Well, or right. Bucks. You know, if you're in Vegas, <laughs> it's 
But, but if you're in, in Nashville or something, maybe it might be like six six bucks. But buy me a drink, man. Like that's all I need is is people to financially get behind it and uh, make it so I don't have to worry about okay, where are we gonna get the money next? Yeah. Right? Is that that is one thing I I have been disappointed in some of the manufacturers. Um, I get it. Like we went through a few really rough years, but I'm paying not attention. Not lately. Not lately. I'm saying like. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they're sitting in high cotton over the last uh, couple of years here. They're they've been doing yeah, really so well. So, I, yeah, I think I think it's time now for some manufacturers to step up. And I, and feel, I, get, I feel like you got to make them more accountable too than just monetary too. It's like, yeah, you got to do the monetary thing, but you also, you know, we got to have your involvement. We got to have your right. company's involvement. You know, you got to have a presence when we're doing this stuff too. You can't just be. You know, like you were like you were hoping would be. I just throw money at the mental health people, and you know, uh, they got to get involved. Yeah, there's. I just, I get it though, right? We're still we're still young, right? You don't want to get involved with something that you don't know is going to be there. And I think every year that passes. No, no, that's not. Be- no, that's the wrong way to look at it from from our industry standard and what you're doing and where you've been so far. It's like you know, this guy is doing it and it's successful and. To hell with if they're young or not. He's on the right path. And hey, I love it. <laughs> I need you. As, yeah, like thank to, you. To hell, yeah, to hell with with waiting to see where it's going to go. You can't do that. You can't sit back and be idle. You know, you gotta you gotta step forward and you you know you gotta push something that's that's right and what you're doing is I, right, man. I suck at asking for money, man. I do. Like I suck at it. Like I was talking to Maj Tory one day and I was like, Maj, how much? Would you pay someone like yourself from Black Guns Matter? Mm-hmm. I never really thought about that. <laughs> He's like, I'd probably tie a percentage to how much I brought in. But right. Maj's the type of guy, he'll get on Instagram and flat out tell you, I need this much. Let's go. And and if you watch how he operates, he he shows like he shouts out everybody that donates and people are in there throwing in five thousand to five dollars, right? Yeah. Well, all right, brother. Um I'm going to pull a Joe Rogan on you. We went on two hours now. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> and we didn't talk thank, cars one time. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you for having me. Um, always. For the listeners, you're like, always welcome. Just fucking reach out to me when you got something new going on, something to announce. I know, but they don't want to hear me over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's it. Look, that, you're wrong. Let me go to our listener questions here. I made a little post before we got on. Let's see. And there's one that says, So Dini's back, question, exclamation point. Can't wait for class to start. He said, basic questions here. What's the new things happening since you guys last talked? We've kind of gone over that. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest need for Walk the Talk and Sheepdog Impact Assistance? I think we money. just addressed that. It's money. spread the word if you don't have money spread the word right that's for for them to be able to save lives and change lives it takes money so they need your money so go to what's your website uh wtta.org or walktalkamerica.org um and then social media is all at walk the talk us and that's like twitter facebook you know instagram right uh, and then he also says, it says, also, so Danny has to be around more often. So there you hey. go. So they want you on the show, brother. That's anecdotal, but they, I'll take it. 
<laughs> the, what? the listeners, okay. the Landhead Brigade, they love you, man. We'll be back. I'll be back more often. I, I actually think about you a lot, man. I really do because uh, it's it's weird. I feel a little bit detached sometimes because I'm not at these shows anymore. Or I'm not running around. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we all do. I mean, we haven't had any shows lately so, since Shot yeah. Show. Shit. Yeah, but I mean, even Shot Show was like a whirlwind, and I didn't even get a chance to like sit down. Like two years ago, we were, you know, at the very end, we oh, went yeah. out downtown and stuff like that. We didn't get to do that this the, the last Shot Show. Well, I understand. Uh, I mean, you're on a mission, and uh, like I said, I support you 100. percent So, we'll, any anything you need from from Talking Lead, the Lead Head Brigade, you got it, man. You're, we're here for you. I appreciate it, man. Hells yeah. So that being said, this show doesn't run free either. <laughs> so we need you to support those that support this podcast. So go show our sponsors and friends of the show love by going and buying their products. Keltec, you can go to your local gun store and hopefully they've got some in stock now. I mean, gun stores are running low on everything and, uh, you know, the sub 2000s, the RDBs, the KSG shotguns and, uh, you know, their new 22s were hard to get anyway because the demand was so high. But uh, go out there, get on the list if you have to. Uh, tell them you want the latest and greatest. I'm using the RDB this uh, hunting season. I'm going to take down some deer, maybe do some uh, hog hunting, go on one of these Sheepdog Impact Assistance uh, veteran hunts. And uh, so I'm going to take that RDB out there, plug some hogs. Our big giveaway with Mission First Tactical Buck Knives. Keltec and Fioki. Going to make that announcement next episode, so make sure you're listening. Uh, in between now and that episode, we're going to be giving away that awesome uh, Surefire light that was designed by Travis Haley. 212 Training Group is giving that away. Uh, go back to last episode. We tell you what you got to do to get involved to win that flashlight. And um, Jared's an awesome dude. He and I are going to get on live. We're going to do a social media live and give that away one of you lucky leadheads. I've gone through and looked at um, some of the people who are eligible, and you're doing great with um, – I hate to give it away on what you're supposed to do, but uh, you're doing great on your post. I'll just put it that way. They're looking really good, really, really good. Uh, Modern Spartan Systems, uh, got that code. It's TLCP. Get 15% off, and uh, they're going to donate an additional 15% to Camp Patriot. Uh, ASP USA, if you don't win that Surefire light, you can go to ASP USA and on any of their flashlight products, their dual fuel lights, the light accessories, use code LED20, you're going to get 20% off there. And Mission First Tactical, use LEADHEAD and you're going to get 20% off there, off any of their products on Mission First Tactical. And um, they're gearing back up. Uh, I talked to David the other day. They are behind on fulfilling some of their orders, but that's just the nature of the, the beast right now. Everybody's behind trying to fulfill the orders. This, uh, this whole COVID thing got everybody put behind a little bit. But go ahead, get on the list. And then, of course, our, our good buddy Joe Weir over at LEO Takedown is offering a 10% discount on that LEO uh, AR-15 multiple caliber barrel swap system that they've got. Use lead head there and you're going to get 10% off. So go and show these uh, these companies love. Let them know that you're part of the lead head brigade and that you want to hear more from them on the show. And you want to see new products. You want to see that innovation keep coming. You want to see Avidity Arms. You want to see that, is it the PD-9? 
It's a PD-11 now. <laughs> Not even lying. Oh my god. Okay. The PD-11. <laughs> Tell him you want that out before it hits the PD-15. <laughs> but seriously, man, it's been great catching up. I appreciate you taking the time to be on. It's always a good time. We definitely got to get together. Uh, if you're down this way, let me know. If I'm over your way, I'll holler at you and let you know. 100%. 100%. And uh, if I don't see you before the 4th, have a great Independence Day, brother. Yeah, likewise. So that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. And understand that it's okay to not be okay. And feel free to take a free and anonymous mental health screening at WTTA.org forward slash love.